How about if we all stand to our feet? Man, I want to say how honored I am uh, when we started to form the schedule for the Southern District to have a rally so that we could have a meeting at each church and, uh, you know, kind of waiting for where we would fall in the rally schedule. I already had my mind made up on who I, I wanted to try and get to come preach for us. And I, I, I didn't think that it would be easy. And I tell you what, when I, I got confirmation from the bishop that he would be able to come and preach for us, I told my, my wife uh, today, this morning when I got up, I, I don't know if she remember, but I just told her, I said, uh, I, I just feel a extra sense of energy today. I, I just feel, and I hadn't even had my first sip of coffee, so don't say it was the coffee. It, it, and uh, I was just waiting, amen, with expectation to, to be able to be in this service. And I spent a lot of time this afternoon trying to invite so many out so that they wouldn't miss what God has in store for us. I, I know that Brother St. Clair doesn't know me as well as he knows some of these other ministers, but I can tell you that the times I heard him preach at camp, and been around him. He is an awesome man of God whom I love and admire so much and feel blessed beyond measure to be able to have him as our speaker tonight. Amen. Bishop, we love and appreciate you, and we want you to take your liberty and the Holy Ghost to preach to us what God has gave you. Jesus. Thank you, Pastor. You can be seated for a moment. Let me take time to say how honored I am to be here tonight. Um, I tell you tonight that I, uh, after 35 years of ministry, I still get butterflies every time I take the pulpit. But I want to tell you tonight that I feel an extreme sense of urgency in my spirit. And I'm going to share with you in a minute. Let me take a moment. Thank you, Pastor Flurry, for the invitation to be here. Um, when Pastor called, I knew that tonight in Anderson there was a sectional rally, and I have pressed, pushed Brother Scott very hard to create fellowship through our district. We have uh, five sections, so we I have worked very hard for the last seven years to make that happen, and i got to tell you that I was a little hesitant to uh, not be there tonight, but um, I was coming to the Michigan District. You all have been so kind to my family and blessed us through the years. And uh, I was thinking today about the many miracles that we've seen wrought among us 
when we gathered together at camp meeting and I preached in some of your churches and how God is blessed in such a way. And uh, thank you for letting us be a part of the Michigan district in those times. To Pastor Scott, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for hanging in there when it would have been easy to just say, that's not, let's just not fool with this anymore. Thank you for hanging in there and saying, we're going to build this back. We're going to make it happen. It's not easy. Amen. I, I just have a great district, but and I'm not going to bore you with the details, but I've just gone through one of the greatest trials of my years of leadership in the Indiana district in the last few days. It literally shook me to the core, but God is great. I want to tell you something. You, you, you can quit, brother, if you want to. I'm going to talk a little bit, but um, I hope you all aren't in a hurry. But I, 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 want to just, I want to just tell you something. I want to speak to the church here for just a moment, the ministry in particular. There's a restlessness in the ministry right now. Men wanting to jump up and do something else and go somewhere else. And I was praying this week and I heard the voice of the Lord say, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I'm going to tell you something right now. If you move right now, you're going to miss the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost that the church has ever seen. If you, if you shift off of this foundation that we know is apostolic doctrine to something else, listen to me right now. The devil may be lying to you right now and telling you something better is going to come along, but I'm telling you right now, the voice of God is saying to the church and particularly to his ministry, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I'm going to preach to you in just a minute. I, I want to share something with you. I, I, I set myself apart for a few days last week to get ready for this meeting. And also, Sister St. Clair and I are seeking God for some answers of some other circumstances in our lives. And so I'm just trying to seek God. And I can't do that in my flesh. i got to get rid of every bit of flesh that I have to be able to hear from God. Now, I hope you won't think I'm weird tonight, but I'm about to tell you something that God showed me this week. In our prayer room in Anderson, we have a, a, row of, a row of chairs and then another row of chairs. And then in the middle, we have two rows of altar benches that extend the length of the prayer room and then another row of chairs. And the other day, I slipped into the prayer room and our kids are on spring break, so there weren't any kids there. There wasn't anybody in the church and... So I, I, I just slipped in there and I just turned on that one row of lights that went right down the row where the altar benches are. And I just began to walk and pray. And I was asking God for harvest. I was asking God for answers. And, and uh, Brother Mangold, something happened. As I began to walk up and down those, through those altar benches where the light was shining, the, the carpet began to turn green. 
I know, I know, just say with me right here. And God began to speak to my spirit. Now, I thought, now, maybe it's just from coming in from the outside and the lights affecting my eyes. And so, Brother Bass, I slipped over to that other section where the seats are. There was no light there. It was dark. And I looked down. The carpet wasn't green there. So I got back over in between the altar benches and I began to walk. And again, the, altar, the, the carpet began to turn green. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, If you'll walk with me in the light, I'm about to let you tread on brand new growth and harvest. Like, come on somebody. I'm trying to tell somebody it's not time to move. It's not time to change what you've been doing. You just stay in the light. God's about Listen, the seed's been sown. It's inevitable. You can't stop it. It's going to come up. Come on, somebody help me praise him. I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. Jesus. Just, just stay standing with me. It's good to be in the Michigan District tonight. I, I feel the Holy Ghost wanting to break through here tonight and do something great in the midst of God's people. How many of you still believe God speaks to His people today? Amen. Amen. It is an honor to be in the midst of God's people. I'd like for you to ch turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to read a few verses out of that chapter. Verse 13, I'll begin. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now, verse 39. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise God having provided some better thing for us, <laughs> that they without us should not be made perfect. I want to preach to you tonight with your help and with God's help, the posture of revival. Now, I need to see the hands of everyone in this building that still believe that the gift of prophecy is alive in the church today. Okay, I feel safe. I, I want to see the hands of everybody here that believes that we have not yet seen the greatest revival that the church has ever seen. Praise God. I need you to put your Bibles down and 
I need you to lift those hands that held the Word of God tonight. And I want you to ask God to make you a vessel willing to receive His Word tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yay! Jesus' name. You may be seated. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them he's about to talk to you. I have a word for the church tonight. I have strategically and systematically placed you where I have called you. I say unto you that you shall not die, but you shall live. My spirit and anointing shall rise up in you in this hour in greater measure than you have ever known. The test that I have taken you through shall be to the greater good of my kingdom. You must place yourself in my control as the vessel to the potter and I shall create through you a transformation that will reveal to the world who I am. I want you to thank the Lord right now for the promise. Come on, I'm telling somebody it's not time to move. It's time to stand still and wait on God I know you've been through some tough times. I know there have been times when you wanted to bail out. You wanted to quit. I know you felt like, God, how much longer do you expect me to labor under this load? But God sent me here on this Friday night to tell somebody, if you posture yourself in the right posture, he's about to pour out revival in your city, in your family, in your district, like you've never seen before. I am persuaded tonight you may not see them, but you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Those great saints in glory, they're watching you and me, and they're cheering for you. They're saying to you, you're the last day generation. 
You're the last day army. And I need to tell you, you've been made for this hour. You've been called to the kingdom for such a time. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, God has you positioned where you are right now because he's about to use you to turn your world upside down. He's about to use you to manifest the mighty move of his spirit. Come on, I wish somebody thank him right now. I am convinced tonight that God is stirring up a generation. Listen, I'm very well aware of the falling away. God said it was going to happen. You're not going to stop it. Hello, somebody. You might as well quit fussing with folks that don't want to live for God, that don't want to do right. You might as well quit trying to beg preachers that have made up their mind that compromise is a better idea. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you the Lord said it was going to happen. But tonight, God's came uh, to Battle Creek, Michigan, uh, looking for somebody uh, that'll say, God, I won't bend. Uh, I won't bow. Uh, come on. Uh, I won't move. Uh, I won't be shaken uh, because you got something better in mind. Hallelujah. You can be seated. The book of Colossians, chapter 3, and verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Somebody hear me right now. It's not in bigger cars. It's not in bigger houses. It's not in better boats. Come on, somebody. It's not in the things of this world. Listen, one of these days you're going to die and somebody else is going to get that stuff. Quit building up their kingdom and start building up the kingdom of God. Do something that matters. Do something that will cause somebody to make it to heaven. Do something that will cause somebody that was lost to be saved. Hallelujah. I, I, I hope, Pastor, you don't regret this tonight. I, I want somebody to hear me. Look, I'm just as sick of all the mess that's been going on as you are. But I'm not going to let that distract me from what God's trying to do right now. I'm about to walk through some fresh harvest. You hearing me right now? I'm about to, there's some fresh growth that's growing in your church right now. 
I said there's some fresh growth that's growing in your city right now. God just needs you to stay in the light and keep doing what you're doing. And he's going to bring the increase. Watch. Set your mind on things above. The only way that you and I may know God is to set our mind on high. Forget the temporal things of this world. Are you hearing me tonight? Listen, listen. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17. Listen to the word of the Lord. Listen to Paul. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power. You want to know what the writer was talking about in Hebrews when he said He's made for us a better thing. I, I'm just I'm just trying to get somebody to understand something. You need to get your eyes off of all of the junk that's going around you. Watch me here. I'm I know I'm getting old and senile, and I may have shared this with you, but you're gonna get it again. You just act like you never heard it before. Amen. There are three spirits that affect everything that happens in our church, in our lives, and in the lives of our saints. They are the spirit of disruption, the spirit of distraction, and the spirit of destruction. You listen to me. You've been called to do the purpose of God. And anything that's going on in your life uh, that's taken away from that, uh, it is only a distraction. Uh, it is only a disruption. And ultimately wants to destroy the purpose of God in your life. But you got to look the enemy in the eye and say, listen, I don't care what you say, what you do. The word of God said, no weapon formed against me. Watch me now. He never said the weapon wouldn't be formed. But he did say, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Sit down, I can't, I didn't get past the first page yet. You know, good thing about getting old is you run out of steam faster. That's good for the saints and good for you. Watch this. The things, watch this, which are seen are temporary. Amen. 
It's the things that are not seen that are eternal. God is trying to reveal Himself. He's calling on this end time church to exercise our spiritual senses and become more conscious of that realm tonight. Today, everybody shout today. Today is the season of the Lord's favor and the hour of his visitation. The heavens are open for business. But you got to get the scales of the temporary to fall off of your eyes. You got to get rid of the things in this world that have so possessed your time and so possessed your attention. God said, let me show you something far greater than what you see with your eyes. Let me reveal it to you by my spirit. But you got to walk in my spirit and not in your flesh. Oh, I'm about to get some preachers right here. I'm telling you, it's not time for another pretty sermon. You hear me? I'm one of the ugliest preachers I know in a couple of ways. But I want to tell you something. It's time that we understand this gospel ain't pretty. Calvary wasn't pretty. You hear me? From the days of John the Baptist. I said from the days of John the Baptist. They patty caked. They played games. And God really moved. Nope. It's not what it said. <laughs> I want you to understand this is a message of violence. It's going to cost you something to have a move of God in your city. It's going to cost you something to have a move of God in your life. Hear me right now. You may have to offend some folk. Oh, but, but Bishop, I'm trying to hold on to everybody that I can. Watch me right here. I'm not trying to discount or discard anybody. But if you got to drag them, they're not going to make it. Oh, I know I done made some of you mad already. But I'm telling you right now, you're going to have to make up your mind. If you make it to heaven, you're going to make it to heaven because you did it on purpose Nobody had to beg you. Nobody had to plead with you. Come on. Nobody had to tell you, you need to worship. You need to pray. You need to study. I'm telling you, you got to get your mind off of this world and get your mind on heavenly things. This, this is what I know. We cannot be so presumptuous to think that somehow 
God will just pour these things upon us without our preparation. God is looking this night for a people that will posture themselves for the revival that's about to be birthed. We must lay our authority upon the stone and submit our fleshly nature to a godly encounter. Watch me now. That no flesh should glory in His presence. I know this. Revival that I'm talking about. It will be a revival in which no man will be able to take the credit for. Hear me. If you're preaching to get credit for what God's done, you're preaching for the wrong purpose. If you're worshiping, come on to get credit. Come on. If you're praying to get credit, if you're praying for the, the uh, uh, praise, applause of men, I'm telling you, that's all you're going to get. But God's looking for somebody that's willing to strip off all of the flesh that you have and say, God, I'm just going to give you glory for that blind man that sees, for that leper that's healed, for that cripple that walks, for that alcoholic that's been delivered. God, I just want to thank you for setting that drug addict free. Jacob, he lays his head on the stone at Bethel. Divine revelation, prophetic utterance were birthed there. Let, let, me, let me read you a little bit of it. Everybody all right? Genesis chapter 28. I am believing tonight that before we leave this place, someone will make up your mind to put yourself in the posture of revival. Genesis 28 and 11. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and laid down on that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set upon the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord God stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am 
with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and will bring thee again into this land for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Watch this now. Jacob gets one of the most incredible promises, prophetic utterances from God. And watch, we move down just a couple of verses. And Jacob, Jacob begins to bargain with God. Watch me here. He begins to try to make conditions for God to bring revival. Listen to it. Verse 20, the scripture said, And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I can come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I've set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Watch now. Jacob said, okay, God, I appreciate that phenomenal prophecy i appreciate everything that you said but now let me just tell you this is the way it's going to be oh he got quiet up in here real quick listen this revival accepts no conditions from us except total Submission. I'm telling you, you can have a move of God. But if you want revival, you must posture yourself for a mature nature change. Before God got done with Jacob, he was the same Jacob. That showed up trying to put, you better be careful, trying to put conditions on God. You might walk out of that prayer room with a limp. Come on, somebody better help me right now. I'm telling you, God is looking for somebody tonight that I say, God, I put no conditions on what you're asking. Whatever you ask of me, I'll be willing to do it wherever you want me to go. Whatever you need me to say, I will be. I posture myself for heaven to speak to earth. And I speak to those, God, that need to hear. Would you clap your hands to the Lord? Please, let me finish. The Bible said, Jacob left there a different man. Please tell somebody close to you, this will cost you something. 
Jacob is on the run. Some of you are on the run tonight. Some of you are here tonight and you're running from what God is wanting to do in you. I'm not just talking about the pulpit tonight. I'm talking about from the pulpit to the pew. You've come to this place tonight knowing what God is calling you to do. Yet you find yourself on every side beginning to bargain with God. Well, God, if you'll let this fall in place or you'll let that fall in place, God's not going to bargain with you. There are no conditions on this revival. He's just looking for somebody that'll say, God, I am willing to do what you called me to do without condition. I'll follow you. I'll follow your leading. I'll do what you say. I'll posture myself for revival because I need a move of God. My children need a move of God. My family needs a move of God. My church needs a move of God. My city needs a move of God. And I'll posture myself for revival so you can use me. Come on, would somebody lift your hands right now and say, God, use me. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You can be seated. You see, Jacob, even though he was on the run, he recognized the value of getting alone with God. You see, when you get alone with God, revival will be birthed. Hear me right now. Verse 24, And Jacob was left alone. Chapter 32, And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, Jacob, I will not, I will not let you go. I will posture myself until I have a move of God, until I experience revival. I will not let you go until you bless me. Oh, what would happen tonight if the church would make up her mind? I'm going to get along with God and I won't let go of Him until He blesses me, until we have revival. Her name was Esther. She was a queen. Hand-picked by the king. <laughs> You'd think that uh, everything would just come naturally to her because she's the queen. But wait a minute. There's a people 
that are about to die. They're about to be eternally thrust out of the presence of God. Is anybody hearing me right now? I'm telling you, we live in a lost and dying world. We can't afford to be so presumptuous as the church that we think that just because we call ourselves apostolic, just because we put a name on the sign and we have a few services a week, that somehow everything is just going to come to us because of who we are. No ma'am no sir i'm telling you that god is calling the church to posture for revival <laughs> esther i know you're the queen but let me tell you something you didn't get where you're at by accident can i tell you tonight on this Friday night of fellowship meeting, you didn't just roll in here by accident. You, you hear me right now? God knew who was going to be here. God stirred your heart. Oh, I know maybe some of you came out of obligation, but I'm telling you right now that God is absolutely going to turn your life upside down before you walk out of this building tonight. Esther, I know you're the queen, and I know that somehow you think you're going to get past, uh, but I want you to hear me, Esther. I want you to understand something. Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape. Look, there are many successes represented here tonight, but if you are going to be a part of a great harvest, we cannot sit on the laurels of our success. There's a nation. There's a world that's waiting on us to posture ourselves for an outpouring of revival. And let me tell you something, Esther. If it don't happen through you, it's going to happen through somebody. Because God is going to have revival. God is going to move. Mordecai, Mordecai said, listen to what he said. Don't you be mistaken. Don't you misunderstand God. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, God is still going to bless his people. Hear me, preacher. If you don't choose to posture yourself for revival, it's not going to stop revival. Hear me say to God, if you don't believe in that revival, it's not going to stop revival. God's going to pull somebody out of the kingdom. He's going to find somebody in the kingdom that'll say, you know what? If I perish, I perish. It doesn't make any difference. I know I got a calling on my life. I know God brought me to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I'm going to do what God calls me to do, no matter what it costs. Let me move hurriedly tonight. There's a nation that's counting on you. The world is counting on you. There's somebody here tonight. You've been, been given a divine 
eat it. Revival at any cost. Now look, I pastored for almost 20 years. Thank you, God, for delivering me. That was mean, wasn't it? I wounded all these pastors on the front row. They're going to limp out of here tonight like Jacob. I'm going to tell you something. I know. I know, Brother Roger Mangold, Pastor Roger Mangold, how difficult it is, or how easy it is, rather, to just go sit in the office, walk out in the sanctuary and say, Whoo, man, good crowd here tonight. Man, we'll just breeze through this one. This is going to be easy. Come on, somebody. Uh, I know none of you preachers are going to nod your head. I know how easy it is when things are going good to just say, oh, man, let's just, let's just keep doing what we're doing. But all the time, I hear the Spirit of the Lord. I don't think because I quit pastoring that that quit happening. All the time, I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, Come on! You can't sit where you're sitting. You can't stand where you're standing. I need you to get in a posture of revival. God, I don't care how much success you have. I don't care how big your church is or how little it is. got to make up your mind. you got to get somewhere and posture yourself for the move of God that God's trying to give you. How badly do you want revival? I'm not talking about just a little shaking up. I'm not talking about a little running the aisles and jumping up and down. You know that vertical church that we've created because we're trying to pattern ourselves after I'm going to tell you something. They didn't give me the Holy Ghost, and they can't take it. They didn't give me the joy, and they can't take it. You can't work it up. You got to posture yourself. I know I've started meddling. His name was Elijah. He knew what it was to posture for revival. Let me tell you something, man of God and saint of God. We must press people to a choice by displaying the manifest presence of God. We cannot be afraid. To put God to the test. When he proves himself. We must continue to listen for his voice. You know the story. I won't spend a lot of time there. But it was a challenge between false teaching and the one true God.
And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. I wonder what you're afraid of, apostolics. Come on, somebody. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid God can't do it? Are you afraid God won't do it? Maybe that's why God isn't doing it. Why don't you unleash God? The Bible said what you bind down here, he'll bind up there. And what you loose down here, he'll loose. Why don't you turn God loose in your assembly on Sunday morning? Why don't you see? Why don't you put God to the... Why don't you find you somebody in a wheelchair and say, listen, come to my church. God's going to touch you when the man of God... Come on, do we believe this or not? We got to posture ourselves for a move of God. Now, listen, look, I only got got half a page and another half page. I'll be done. Listen to me right here. Listen. The rain is on the way. Anyone listening? Before a development ever happens in the natural, it must first exist from the heart of God. We must posture ourselves to hear. Elijah heard the rain with spiritual ears. Pastor Flurry, he never felt a drop. He never even seen a cloud. In fact, he sent a servant to try to find one. I just told Ahab, it's going to rain. And he walked out of the palace, and it, the sun was shining. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. And he's asking himself, what did I just say? Come on now. But there was something in the heart of the man of God because it had been manifest in the heart of God and God let the man of God hear the heart of God. And so he couldn't see it, but he could hear it. He knew somewhere there was rain. He, He didn't think he was going crazy. He knew he'd heard from God. My God, he just killed over 400 false prophets. He had nothing to be afraid of. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you, if anybody's got what this world needs to have revival, you've got it. I said you've got it. You've got it. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be ashamed. Just pray, God, let the fire fall. Watch. Elijah heard the rain. 
And then he ascends to the top of the mountain where God has shown himself mighty. Watch. Now you would think after what he'd just seen around those puddles of water and barrels of water and sacrifices, you'd think he'd be pretty convinced that God can do anything. Watch this. Look, I'm in a room full of miracles tonight. Hear me. There's a room full of miracles here tonight. Some of you have been on the, on the receiving end of the miraculous. But I'm going to tell you something. That doesn't give you an excuse to go find you a shade tree somewhere and say, Well, I got my touch. Uh-uh. <laughs> Elijah climbs up that mountain. Watch, watch what he does. He, he puts himself in a posture of revival. It's there. God shows himself mighty. While Ahab and the others are eating and drinking. Sad, but there's some like that in the church. They're waiting for somebody else to posture for revival. And when it comes, they want to be a part of it. Now, there's none of those in this room tonight. But maybe there's some at home that didn't come with you tonight. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody. I, you know, I, I don't want anybody to be injured or wounded at fellowship meeting tonight. I want you to realize something. God's got something in mind for you. God wants to use you in a mighty way. But you're going to have to posture yourself. Watch him. That old man of God, Elijah, post- positions himself and postures himself. Watch what the Bible said. He puts his face between his knees. I want you to hear me right here. You want to know what that is? That is the Hebrew birthing position. All you kids, hold your ears just a minute. There's not a lady, a mama... In this building tonight, that if you gave birth naturally, you did that sitting in a chair with your legs crossed. And you did that saying, Oh, I sure wish this baby would come. Honey. Do you think maybe the doctor could help us a little bit? Because I really would like to have this baby today. But I just don't really want to work too hard. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? It is ridiculous. Because I'm going to tell you something. Now watch me. I'm convinced that anything that happens in the natural, there's a spiritual parallel to it. Brother Mangold, the Bible said, when Zion prevails, children shall come forth. Listen to me. Now, I love musicians. I love praise singers and choirs. But I'm going to tell you something. That's not going to posture the church for revival. What's going to posture us for revival is when men and women of God 
get in the birthing position. You begin to travail and intercede for your city, for your children, for your family. Oh, God, don't let them go to hell. Don't let them be lost. Don't let them die. Oh, God, I'm going to stay here until I hear them speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. You can sit. He postures himself. Watch God give him strength. He comes down out of that mountain. But Bass, he's got so much strength. You think a man be worn out after whipping over 400 false prophets and going to the mountain and travailing, interceding for, for rain? You think he'd just be plumb tuckered out? The Bible said when he got to the bottom of that mountain, so the horses and the chariots took off, and he outran them. Let me tell you something. Better hear me right now. Better hear me right now. You better get ready to run. I said you better get ready to run. You're not going to get this. You're not going to get this. Just waiting for it to come along. You better get ready to get out in front of the enemy. You better get ready to get out in front of the enemy. You better get ready. You better posture yourself so that you're looking over your shoulder saying, you can't catch me. I'm moving into revival. I'm positioning myself. I'm posturing myself because it's about to rain. One more. One more. One more. Sit. I don't convince you after this one, I'm going home. Or I'm at least going to the hotel room. Thank you for that nice hotel room, Pastor. Watch this. Ezekiel. We've got to understand something in this end time church. We have to get in an apostolic position for prophetic release. Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just step out there a little bit. I know it's been a while since I've been to the Michigan District. I don't know what I said the last time, but I'll be careful. I'm going to tell you something, preacher. You better start prophesying to your people. I'm not talking about, oh, the Lord's going to bless you. Flowers are going to grow in your garden. and. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you better get somewhere and posture for revival. When you come out of there, when you come off that mountain, step to that pulpit, and you can say, "Thus saith the Word of God." I know some folks think that's way out there, but it's in the Word. John said, Jesus spoke, if you abide, watch now, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done 
unto you. Posture. Watch. You need a word of faith in your heart that will come out of your mouth. Romans 10 and 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now I just need to ask you a question. Does history, sacred or profane, offer a more ridiculous picture than Ezekiel chapter 37? Here is a hopelessness incarnate. Who even has or has had such a dumb audience? A valley full of dead, dry bones. Why, even on a bad Sunday morning, you'll get a Baptist nod every now and then. But Ezekiel's standing in the valley of dry bones and not one wiggle. Some of you think you got it bad on Sunday night. Man, ain't preaching fun. Watch this now. Preachers deal with possibilities. Prophets with impossibilities. Written over the whole situation in capital letters is impossibility. Obviously, no faith is required to do the possible. <laughs> uh, that's why it's easy sometimes to just come to church and have church. But only a morsel of faith is needed to do the impossible. A mustard seed will do more than we ever dreamed of. Here it is. It's the one you've been waiting on. I tore the bottom. I have to make notes on something else. Watch me here. God is... Not asking us to do what we can do. But he wants us to do what we can't. Now wait a minute, preacher. That gray hair that you got has made you... Wild and mad. I'm mad, all right. I'm mad because we're not having apostolic revival and we're apostolic. Well, tell you something. I don't care what walks down the aisle. I don't care what walks in the back door. I'm telling you right now, there is nothing impossible to God. You hear me right now. I don't care what kind of circumstances and situation are going on in your life right now. 
I rise on this Friday night to tell somebody God is waiting on you to step out of the flesh and into the spirit and begin to speak a God said, I know it looks impossible, Ezekiel, but if you'll just prophesy, if you'll just tell them they can live, I'll make them live. Come on, stand with me. I want to show you something. Somebody said, I'm by myself. I, I, I don't have any help, Bishop. I'm just, I feel like I'm struggling just trying to do all. Watch now. I, I, I want to share you something, share something with you about old brother Ezekiel. He, he never, he never called no committee. He never sent out a prayer letter. He never solicited any funds. He never... He never called the board together. Say what 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 should we do? In fact, Ezekiel loathed publicity. Watch this. Ezekiel understood it was a matter of life and death. You see, what you and I do, man of God, with this prophetic release is a matter of life and death. The world's not waiting on a new definition of the gospel. But they are waiting on a new demonstration of the power of the gospel. Look, I'm just saying, you're not going to have to have very many blind folk healed in your church before the word gets out. You're not going to have to have very many drug addicts delivered before the word gets out. Oh, you know what happened? I went down into that Pentecostal church and I lifted my hands and somebody laid hands on me and fire from the top of my head to the soles of my feet went through me. And you know what? When I walked out of that church, I didn't want another joint. I didn't want another hit. I didn't want another needle in my... Come on now. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm telling you, you got to start speaking life. To what looks like is dead. You got to posture yourself. What, what are you going to do, Ezekiel? <laughs> well, all I know to do is just posture myself and speak what God said to speak. I know in your cities you face impossibility, but that's where God is at His best. We come to meetings like this and we get excited and uh, we want to do something for God. But you see, what matters is what you do when nobody's around. <laughs> There's not anybody to say, Oh man, did you see that fire they prayed down? No, just you and God. God said, You speak it, I'll bring it to pass. He said it's just as close as in your mouth. The word.
word of faith. I'm looking for somebody here tonight. Somebody's that will step out of your seat tonight. Not kneel, I want you to come and stand. But you will come tonight and you will lift your hands to the Lord. And you will say, God, this night, from this night forward, I am going to posture myself for revival. I'm going to put myself in the position that God, the only thing that can happen is for you to move. Because you said, if I put myself in the right posture, you take care of the rest. If I prophesy to the wind, the perfect storm would happen and bones would come together and tissue would come on the bone. Oh, watch now. And then skin on the tissue. And then what do we got? Just a bunch of bodies. But that's what God needs. It's a bunch of bodies. God said, watch this, Ezekiel. You did your part. Now watch what I do. And God inhales and exhales. And a valley full of dead men's bones turns into a mighty army right now. Now wait just a minute, preacher. That's, you know, that's great. And that makes for a good preaching fodder. But would God do that for me? If you'll posture yourself for revival, God will. Amen. Now, that's what I'm looking for tonight. I, I, I know I preach long. But, but I, I, I'm going to tell you something. we got to make up our mind. I told you at the beginning, God said, don't go anywhere. I said, don't go anywhere. Just stay where you're at. I'm about to do something great. Brother Mangold, you don't have to look for any new doctrine. You don't have to look for any fresh revelation. We got it all. We got everything we need. I said, we got everything we need. I'm looking for somebody, sinner, saint, backslider, cold and indifferent, man of God, woman of God, man of God, woman of God. I'm looking for somebody that will come down those aisles tonight. I know it might get crowded, but we need to get crowded. We need a move of God. The world needs a move of God. Who's going to come tonight? Say, I'm going to posture myself for revival. I'm going to put myself in the place that God can use me. You've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this, Esther. You're not going to get by with sitting on the sideline. You're going to have to submit yourself to God and watch God use you and do the impossible through you.